0: I was actually talking to my wife last night and we were sitting around having dinner and I was like man I said once a week I walk into the barn and I, when people are working out or whatever and I think to myself I own this darn thing how yeah. freaking cool is this you know, like, I can come yeah. out here if I want to go out there and work out naked which I don't but if I wanted to do I it. can do it yeah. it'll be on the ring camera which you know might not be good for later but yeah. whatever you know <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast, where we bring you inside the minds of elite athletes, business owners, specialists, and other creatives. I'm your host, Brock Covington, and through these conversations, you'll hear practical advice and effective strategies for optimizing not only your performance, but also your habits and routines as well. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. What's going on, guys? So Today, I have the pleasure of having on Jacob Hepner. He is a five-time CrossFit Games veteran, owner of Grip Performance Tactical Games 2022 National Champ. And all that jazz. How are you doing, man?
0: Good, doing well, man. My uh, title gets longer as the years <laughs> go on. You left out one and zero boxer. Owns well, a dog. I know. We'll, I, well, we'll I, let it we'll slide. We'll let us. I want
1: to. I want to get to the boxing near the end. But yeah, I, I love the idea though, and maybe we could just start it off here of just doing so many things. I made a post about it on my Instagram a while ago because I feel like people get so entrapped into like the one thing they're good at or the one thing that they start with that they never kind of like venture out and You know, it's like I spent seven eight years doing primarily bodybuilding And then as soon as I transitioned to running and ultra running things like that people just like look at me weird They're like, what are you you know, like you're not a runner and then now people like associate me with running So then I do something else like, you know, I'm sure you probably get the same thing People refer to you as like a tactical games guy and you're like, well, I was CrossFit and then uh, maybe you have a small subsect of fans that identify you as the undefeated boxer. Uh, but I don't that know. Should what should be what do you everybody. Yeah, everybody what you, should
0: identify me as that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what are your thoughts, I guess, on just trying different stuff? And I guess that can lead us into how you got involved with tactical games in the first place.
0: Yeah. So I've said this for actually for many years on, on podcasts all over. And the thing is, like, in CrossFit, we had an issue where um, – and I'll just speak from the male perspective a yeah. lot of CrossFit games male athletes wouldn't ever go out and do things outside their comfort zone like in the off season they would just primarily do CrossFit they would, you wouldn't see them go do other things they wouldn't absolutely never go compete in something that wasn't CrossFit whereas I was the guy I was like hey if I'm invited to go do a Spartan Beast mm-hmm. uh, for their national go try it sure I'll go do it I'm gonna go do Tough Mudder X I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna go try this try that mm-hmm. uh, and I've always been a fan of of taking it and doing something else, taking your fitness and using it outside the box. Because when it comes yeah. down to it, CrossFit was never meant for you to go into a gym, do Fran, do Murph, whatever the hell you want to do, and you keep it inside the gym, right? It was always meant for you to take your fitness, mm-hmm. take it outside the gym, because if you look at the I mean, you may not know this, but like if you look at the pyramid of how CrossFit works, like the top is sport. Yeah. That's what we're always going to. That's the culmination of our of CrossFit. Now, people will um look at that and think oh the crossfit games go to the crossfit games sport. Yeah. and that's not what it's meant for it's meant for you to go get your fitness and then go do a sport with it go do racquetball go do mm-hmm. local basketball go do something that makes you happy and so um yeah i've always done that i've always been a guy that's like hey i'm gonna go try something different i'm gonna be terrible at it but at some point well I'm it's almost in the
1: name it. right crossfit like you're supposed exactly. to be like, you're like fit across multiple name. yeah disciplinaries and, uh, you know, I, I want to pull off of it uh, a little bit because I was listening to a clip of, uh, that you had with Matt Vincent where you kind of talked about this aspect of trying different stuff. And it reminded me of an old Joe Rogan podcast he did with a novel, Ravikant. I think I probably butchered the name. But he talked about how people like climbing the mountain of a certain skill or sport, but they hate, like, starting back fresh on, like, a new mountain, right? So people would rather just – stay on this small mountain, keep trying to work towards like the top, the elite, the kind of level of something rather than kind of being great at multiple different things. And it's just, it is a lot of times, I think ego that just draws people to where if they are elite at CrossFit, they want to, they don't want to start as a beginner level at, you know, tactical games and having no idea on, you know, firearm proficiency and things like that, or whether it is getting into ultra running or tough mutters and things like that. They don't want to have that kind of like reset of their ego and their their ability and they're kind of back you know with, with the newbies at the sport you know
0: yeah yeah that's one way of looking at it i will i will uh, i will say um my wife does not like this part about me but i'm a big fan of uh i love social media so yeah. along with social media comes a lot of trolls so yeah when i start course. something new when i start something new whether it be boxing or shooting or whatever there's always people who will be like Sit the crossfit man you're gonna be terrible at this you're gonna get that Navy SEAL is going to beat you up and eat your lunch or you fit the CrossFit. You're never going to be good at shooting. And I usually find that person who that is like this actually happened recently. Yeah. Find who that is and tell them I'm going to beat you at your own sport. Give me a year. And so then I'm going to go do that. And that's always been my goal is I'm going to, Hey, yeah, I'm going to be a newbie at some point, but Mm. the thing is like the sport that I come from, muscle-ups don't carry over to shooting guns muscle-ups don't carry over to boxing but what i will say is the mindset of being elite at something carries over to other things it Mm seems like you've done yourself right like i'm gonna take that mindset of sacrifice and and putting time in and apply that to another sport it's not that hard yeah and then i'm gonna get better i'm gonna start off like crap i'm okay with that (laughs) you can make fun of me now but when i beat you in a year from now i'm gonna look at you and be like remember what i told you what happened
1: yeah well it's Two things come to mind. One, like you said, the experience of being elite, or at least getting better at something else, teaches you the lesson of of patience, of discipline, of consistency. So with lifting, I spent years, like again, like everybody, and like not knowing first off what you're doing. You, you still can't bench 225. It's like a whole experience, right? And you work your way up, and then now you look at you know people. Okay, you've done you know years of lifting. You look at other people that are starting off, and you're like, hey, just be patient, right? It's a process. And the same deal, I can look at running and be like, "Dude, I've never been a runner in my life. No no experience in endurance sports. I completely suck at it. 2-3 years into this, I still suck at it, but I have that perspective of like you said, I know this takes time. Nothing is an overnight success and it, you know, I just have to continue to like put in the work and be, you know, purposeful behind it. And I think with a lot of things, right, when it comes to diversifying your skill set, your interests, the sports you do, is it's all just building upon experiences, right? If you only stay in this kind of one bubble, you know, there could be value. There are specialists and things like that, but I think so much of life can be like fulfilled through various experiences um, and difficulties, but let's, let's, you know, shift it back towards the tactical games. Cause that's, I guess your, your fixed kind of focus sport at the time. Um, and you, you just came off winning nationals. Um, where was that at? And, uh, I don't know if you want to share any thoughts on that, that, uh, competition itself.
0: Yeah. So, um, how the tactical game sport works is, uh, it's actually funny. I didn't know this till like maybe like a half a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gentleman who started Packer Games, who has now since sold it, but oh, okay. initially started the sport and owned it for uh, a few years, um, was actually – it's very similar to CrossFit because the guy who started it was private security for Greg Glassman who started ah, CrossFit. Yeah. And so it has a lot of similarities um, to it. Uh, one of which is our qualification season so how it works is we have events throughout the year um that are obviously nationwide Mm -hmm. um that you go to and how you qualify for nationals at the end is the top five in every division usually get an invite straight to nationals and and usually we talk about the elite divisions Mm -hmm. that really kind of is the big one um but so if i go to an event and i place top five i get an invite to nationals if i go to another event and i play sixth and the guy in front of me who plays fourth, whatever, already has an invite, then it rolls down to me.
1: Okay. And so it's very similar so to that. So they try to usually, make sure as many people kind of that they can get in. Correct. Okay.
0: It pretty, much, it pretty much equates to about 40 of the best females and 40 of the best males mm-hmm. go to nationals in the elite category, which, what does that sound like? Sounds like CrossFit. Sounds yeah. like CrossFit games.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, you ended up coming in second place last year, came in the first place this year, like I mentioned what was that kind of mindset going into this past season and like what changes you made? Because I feel like second place is that tricky spot where there's not, you weren't behind that much, but then there's also that pressure of like, you got to get over that Hill, but you don't also want to end up being like third, fourth, fifth. And you're like, damn, like I'm, I'm reverting. Right. So like, what what was your approach going into this year?
0: Well, I, I mean, I'll be, <clears throat> I'll be honest. I got second place in 2021 and I had with and at that point I had a year of competitive shooting under my belt, not not even a yeah. full year really. And so, like from your viewers and listeners, the difference is like you and I might grow up hunting, like we might have grown mm. up around a firearm, like our dad took us deer hunting or our dad mm. took to shoot a shotgun, whatever. And that's cool, right? You have the basic premise of hey, I'm only pointing this up if I mean to shoot it. I'm keeping my finger off the trigger and gun general safety. And that's general all generals, fine yeah. and dandy. It's a great mm-hmm. foundation. But that compared to competitive shooting is Another apples world. and oranges. It's, it's a <laughs> completely different world. And so yeah. like, I had to essentially learn competitive shooting um, over the course of a year. And so what could I change from year one to year two? I'll just keep learning, to be yeah. honest, Like, because I was dog trash last year mm-hmm. uh, in shooting. And so I've already become a better shooter, a, quite a bit better shooter in one year. And the goal is to keep doing that. Um, how our sport <clears throat> works is it's kind of very very similar to what we do different things that kind of take from different sports, mm-hmm. um, different shooting sports. And so in order to be good at the tactical games, you have to be kind of mediocre or decent in a bunch of different shooting um, genres. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, you know, we're shooting long range or we're shooting two-gun, whatever the case may be, we're doing accuracy-based shooting, we're shooting for time, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, For me, now it's, okay, I need to be off and jump into different sports, jump into different genres, and learn from some of the best in those industries. That way, when I come back for year three, I have grown as a shooter.
1: Yeah. So before getting into, because I'd like to dive too into the different resources or or people you work with on on becoming more of a, a proficient shooter, but before getting into tactical games, what experience did you have with firearms with with shooting and you know were you a great shot did you go to the range often or or, or never at all
0: yeah so um uh i owned a firearms mm-hmm. um probably shot them once every two months for fun just yeah. because i was bored that day you know mm-hmm. um could not take apart my for those listening i, I was pretty much a beginner next to nothing yeah. right I couldn't take my right where apart. i'm at
1: yeah Yeah, like,
0: couldn't tell you jack diddly about what I was shooting, couldn't explain anything to you, didn't know how to – I mean, for instance, the first competition I showed up to compete in tactic games, which had been, like, April or May of 2021, I didn't know how to zero my rifle Rifle, scope. I I showed up, you know, for those listening, that's kind of important, you know. It's kind Mm. of important to have a good zero. And I showed up, and luckily one of the guys that I was competing in the same heat with, um, his name is uh, Sal Hernandez, um me zero my rifle uh he he then went on we became fast friends he's actually active duty um active duty he's san antonio swat currently mm-hmm. and um he actually took third at nationals with me a couple weeks ago so he's still a great friend of mine and a great shooter mm-hmm. but like that's the thing is i came in with nothing yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and and to be honest like my wife laughs at me every time I come home from an event because there's always something that goes wrong. It's never like my pistol malfunction yeah. or my rifle. It is Jacob as the opera. It's like you're still learning. Something new this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always. And I have learned six things this year that I could probably name off the top of my head that mm-hmm. I was like, "Why well, didn't even know that?" And people will laugh at me, but like, you didn't know that. I'm like, "Yeah, because I yeah. don't know what I don't know." So <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I got into uh, you know. I've dabbled a little bit more into the, the firearm uh, arm world because uh, got a handgun once I you know turn eighteen nineteen whatever um, and things like that. Just I've tried to get to the range more often than than I actually have. But yeah, once once you dabble in that world, you realize you know just as there are in any industry hobby interest, there are those like experts and there's so many different intricacies to every little thing.
0: You go to a rabbit yeah. hole. Real yeah, quick. yeah, you really can. <laughs> it's that
1: Dunning Kruger effect, you know, a, a bit, uh, you know. But so. You get into the sport, I guess, what, what drew you into the sport, and then what? how did you start to actually improve, you know, your capabilities, your accuracy, was it just going to the local range, more sure. often did you already have, like, land to practice on, or, you know, walk us through that? Yeah,
0: good question, so we'll break those questions apart into two, um, yeah. how did I find it for the first one, so, um, <clears throat> in 2018, 2018, I did not qualify to the games because of an injury, I think, they kept me out of the open, I can't remember, it was 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. And um, I had a lot of time on my hands. Let me just say yeah. that. I had a whole lot of fitness and a lot of time on my hands. And number one, went out and did Tough Mudder X, which is a great sport. Tough Mudder, of course, since then, has gone bankrupt. They got bought by Spartan, and then its mm-hmm. sport does not exist anymore. But at the time, it was a great sport. Did that, competed in that. Um, and then also, just started to start – I had my pistol, had my rifle. I was like, I should just like shoot. Like, I should mm-hmm. shoot. And so what does any crossfitter do when they decide to shoot? Well, why don't I work out and shoot? Dude, that Why sounds like not? a stupid idea. Why not? Right, and so I started like rowing and getting off And she, it's essentially, it's that's a biathlon, right? I'm going mm-hmm. to spike my heart rate and then take accurate shots down mm-hmm. range and then do some more heart rate spiking. So I started doing that and uh, posted on social media or YouTube or whatever, and you can go back and watch those mm-hmm. videos. It's a it's a mess. Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm leaving it up. But I'm never taking it down.
1: Good. And
0: <laughs> uh, and people kept commenting, "Hey, you should look at this thing called the tactical games." And I was mm-hmm. like, Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what that is. And so finally looked into it and realized, oh, this is kind of a this is like twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. It's a very young sport. I was like, Oh, this is a up and coming sport. It might go away. You know, we'll see what happens. And plus I still have I have no plans of not competing in CrossFit. So I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah. So I decided okay, well, when I'm decided to stop competing in CrossFit, I'll go try one. I'll go try one event. And so that was twenty uh, a twenty twenty one. I said, okay, well I'm gonna go try this event and just see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And uh I will admit i did not train for it you know like if you if you had never went to a bodybuilding competition in person and you had uh no clue how to train for it except for what you might see on their social media right Mm. and let's say the social media isn't great you would have trained completely wrong for it and that's exactly what i did yeah Uh, for like six like four months i did it all wrong made every mistake you could ever make in the books um but you know with those lessons came learning and so Uh, Went to my first one, realized, you're an idiot, Jacob, you're doing this Mm -hmm. wrong. And then I did what any athlete at my level of a sport in general would do, and you go find um, experts in the field, Mm -hmm. right? I go find an expert. And so I went and spent a lot of time with people that I now call uh, good friends of mine that helped me to learn how to shoot better, right? How do I operate Mm -hmm. better? Um, How do I move better with the firearm? How do I shoot better? How do I even – Take apart my rifle. How <laughs> do mm-hmm. I don't really zero my rifle? Yeah. And all those things. So I just spent time with experts, really.
1: Okay. Cause yeah, I was wondering if it was more like just self taught, you know, you know, watching plenty of videos on like YouTube. Well, there's looking there's at definitely,
0: things. there's definitely that. Yeah. And, and the big thing, which you actually kind of hinted at, is a lot of people think. In order for me, and I'll always compare it about the CrossFit, in yeah. order for me to get better at shooting, in order for me to get better at snatching, I have to make sure I'm snatching, or I have to make sure I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely the furthest thing from a truth. Obviously, for certain sports, it is the truth, um, but for certain things, it's not. And these mm-hmm. are two examples they are not. Because if I want to get better at snatching, there are obviously accessory pieces. And I can also just grab a PDC pipe and learn how to snatch mm-hmm. better. For shooting, you don't have to become a better shooter by shooting. In actuality, mm-hmm. you will waste a lot of money and mm-hmm. your wife will probably divorce you because you're spending way too much on ammo yeah. your best bet or husband your best bet is to go off and dry fire right go put a freaking target fire, on the wall yeah. and learn how to dry fire with your pistol or rifle in your bedroom mm-hmm. with no ammo around you in a safe direction and that is how you become a better shooter and that is all i did every night because i couldn't shoot all the time and mm-hmm. i didn't have ammo to do that so how do you get better is you dry fire i had the blessing that i live on 50 acres and i have a range Right behind my barn, that is a fully functioning CrossFit gym, so I can shoot whenever I want. But that doesn't necessarily mean you should, and it also doesn't make ammo cheaper. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, no, you walked right into a question I was going to ask. It's perfect. You nailed it. It's like yeah, the idea of dry firing, because like you said, there are so many people that feel like they need that specificity, or oh, I I can't, you know, I can't get better at shooting because I don't have ammo, I don't have access to this, no. you know, range this or that. But there, you know, there's certainly ways that you can. Uh, apply the same you know practice technique nail certain aspects of it to still make you you know more proficient at whatever skill it is that you're doing so all, you're, if you've been all you're trying this- to do yeah no, go ahead.
0: yeah yeah you're good one second all you're trying to do with dry fire is you can do everything with dry fire. The only thing you can't do is recoil reduction. And so all you're doing is you're taking your dry fire, you're going to the range, mm. you're making sure that what you're practicing for dry fire is correct when you do live fire, and then you reevaluate yeah. and go back to dry fire, and then you refix things. That's It's a constant circle. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's always, it's, it's, the boring, it's the boring, not exciting work, right, that
0: people just don't want to do, you know? I program in the tackle game space, and I program a lot of boring dry fire. And I always have to tell folks, it's going to be boring and, moon, and mundane and, and boring as hell but the problem is that's how you get better
1: so with the, with this you know shift from crossfit to tactical games how has you know this affected like different brands you work with cuz obviously now you've worked with magpul are there certain brands that almost have not wanted to work with you because you're involved now with more firearms and that can obviously add some level of controversy or just, you know, switch up. So what, what is your, your kind of position with how people will now perceive you and how brands have either wanted to work with you or not wanted to possibly work with you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if you followed me long enough, you know, I don't really give a flying crap how people perceive me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to shoot. Gu- I mean, I'm a conservative male from Kansas. What do you think? Yeah. Like, what'd you expect from me? Right. And <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so there are, there was a couple companies every now and again, and it wasn't um, that I had worked with that, uh, and this wasn't um, sort of looking for, this wasn't like them trying to have an, a gotcha moment, but there yeah. was sometimes I got contracts that had firearms listed in the contracts mm-hmm. and I had to make sure that I, I said, Hey, and this is before I actually competed. Mm-hmm. I said, Hey, you need to kind of scratch that or make sure you put safely operate a firearm because mm-hmm. it was essentially their contracts were like, Hey, we don't want to see you. Uh, And it makes sense, right? We don't want to see you having drugs on your social media account or firearms. firearms And I totally get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you put like, there's nothing wrong with a firearm being your social media account Hmm. as long as you're doing it in a safe and intelligent manner. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's different than just, like, you know, spouting out with, you know, showing off or something Yeah, it's <laughs> different than me holding a handgun yeah. like this on my camera and yeah. Like, like it's not going to happen. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to happen. So, so, so. You, you referenced that you have this, you know, beautiful, which if people haven't seen it, they need to head to your Instagram and, and check it out. But this beautiful barn uh, you've built, the back of your property. Um, So I assume that's a private a gym on your property. Uh, you know, yep. So it's, you know, primarily people you invite are for your own, you know, use. So where was kind of the inspiration for building that and was that like your first home gym or was it a kind of culmination of past iterations
0: yep so before this property we owned, which is now 50 we owned 10 acres and on that on that property we had a 40 by 30 barn on the mm-hmm. property um when we bought that 10 acre uh, plot of land and the barn was not insulated had no heat okay. and i was going to my affiliate at the time working out and i kind of discovered that i was time I was gone, I would get back like six or seven at night. It's already dark. And my wife is in the middle of nowhere. She doesn't want to be home at six or seven o'clock at night when it's already dark. Mm
1: -hmm. And so we
0: decided, Hey, why don't we fix this 30 by 40 barn up, which is doing nothing for us right now, insulate it, put heat in it and make it into a gym. And so we did that and realized the huge benefits of that. You know, I'm always home at that point or home more often, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so, um, then we moved to this property and, uh, we sold that 10 acre, bought this property and he said okay well now instead of a 30 by 40 barn let's make a 50 by 70 put Mm. a bunch of concrete pads in the front and the back um and that thing's fully heated insulated and it's not cooled yeah you want air conditioning go go bite me (laughs) um but uh and so um yeah it's mainly for myself it's a private gym i have people come in and come train with me periodically Mm -hmm. um that will come do it for small reasons here and there I want to work on this. I want to, you know, stuff like that. And then I also have people come out and shoot with me periodically. Same Mm -hmm. thing. I teach people things that I've learned. Uh, And then in the past, we've also ran camps on the property. And then also the barn is pretty because, as you know, um, when you work with companies, you want a a place for content, a place where they can come and do content. So I have a lot of companies come in that I work with. Uh, I have an in-house video guy that we do a lot of content in the barn, um, because it just makes it a lot simpler. Because I'm a homebody, I don't want to go anywhere. So
1: yeah, well, dude, I'm I'm the same way, and it's funny. Like before the podcast, we were talking about you know some of the similarities we share, and uh, you know I, I was telling my wife, you know, okay, I was interviewing you today and things like that for the podcast, and I was telling you her about the barn, and I was like, you know, I, I feel like that's that's the dream is like having a giant shutter barn. On your property, it's basic It's like a home gym, but on steroids, because it's not you know fixated <laughs> around your garage gym. It's its own entity, you know. And that's the beauty of living. I feel like on rural land and having having just land in general with your property is just having that freedom to have a little range set up, have your gym set up, have you know space, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you say little range. Right? I can shoot 400 yards on my property, fine uh, with the rifle yeah. if I need to. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I was actually talking to my wife last night and we were sitting around having dinner and I was like, man, I said, once a week I walk into the barn and I, when people are working out or whatever, and I think to myself, I own this darn thing. How yeah. freaking cool is this? You know, like I can come yeah. out here if I want to go out there and work out naked, which I don't, but if I wanted to do I it. Can do it, it'll yeah. be on the ring camera, which, you know, might not be good for later, but yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, uh, it's really cool to have, um, but of course, we have a lot of people come train there yeah. all the time. We have a lot of a lot of sponsors come in and spend time, run camps, stuff like that. So
1: yeah, but it's it's, in my opinion, it's optimizing your environment. It's creating the perfect kind of environment for you to thrive. You know, you have the gym right on site. It's not just a gym, but it's a place you you optimized for content and things like that. So it 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 feeds not only you know your personal ambitions of competing and things like that, but it also feeds your entrepreneurial side. Uh, you know, and convenience and all those factors, especially with you working from home. It's one less thing to, you know, drive to or pay for and things
0: like that. And also on top of it, my wife, I married a regular Martha Stewart. So (laughs) my wife loves to run events. We have about six or seven events per year. They are big parties. And so one of the parties we run, the biggest one of the year is like December 10th. It's coming up we have a gingerbread making party contest. And so we decorate oh, the barn in straight Christmas, like fake snow and ev- snowflakes hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. I has been forever. All right. And, uh, we have oh, a ton of people come in and do a gingerbread making contest. And there's of course, there's prizes. So we, we do events. Now. It's an event space by itself, yeah. to be honest. So. Yeah.
1: There you go. Good venue for her gym for you. It yeah. works out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So walk me through a little bit of what grit tactical is, um, and, you know, cause that's, that's your programming, uh, business. Correct.
0: Yep. Yep. So yeah. I, I actually own quite a few businesses. Um, but uh-huh. that, that is absolutely one of them. So, um, Grit Tactical is actually a subset of the full company, which is Grit. Um, and I have, a, a still a company inside of the CrossFit industry It is an add on program called morning mono that I still program for. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the tactical side, I spent the whole year competing last year, learning as much as I could. And obviously I came in knowing the fitness side really, really well, the shooting I did not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's actually coming up on about a year right now. About a year ago, I started Grip Tactical, uh, and it has since grown to be quite large. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially what it is is it is uh, the program for the tactical games um, that essentially has the fitness in there programmed by me. And then, of course, very boring, mundane, but also very important dry fire in there too, along with mm. other dry fire uh, skills and drills for moving and shooting, usually two gun stuff. Um, but essentially, it is a program just built for the person to try to compete the tactical games, whether you are fifty year old female or a competitive person like me, and anyone in between. Uh, yeah, we, it's built for anybody, and so we have a yeah, we have a big group, group of people there. Okay, so with
1: you know, Grit tactical is that the first kind of program like it? Because I know there's a bunch of apps and you know programming coaches and things like that um that are for CrossFit, right? Like Matt Frazier has his there's a million different versions that are kind of like this pre-programmed things that people can kind of jump on. Is this primarily the only kind of coaching service for tactical games?
0: Yeah, so um tactical games had something already at the time, but it was only fitness. Okay. Um and and they currently have one. So I actually program underneath the umbrella of the tactical games. So the tactical games um has an umbrella of online programming mm-hmm. I am underneath their umbrella um, and so uh, they have a program that they run but is only fitness and mine is the only one that umbrella that combines fitness it's a it's a whole, it's a one-stop shop essentially yeah um and it's essentially what I'm doing on a day in and day out basis and so um yeah I think right now you can google it but I don't think there is a program out there currently that has live fire dry fire drills and fitness all in one program i, mm-hmm. I mean if you find one it's probably one
1: yeah. uh, and
0: you probably had to go on the 10th page of google to, yeah, find, it. to but find it it's yeah. there i'm not sure if there's one out there or not so maybe
1: yeah and and with that program and maybe maybe you address this in the program or you know i'm sure you get this question often what do you what do you say to the person that wants to compete in the tactical games but they're in let's say more of an urban environment they only really have access to either uh, indoor ranges or the outdoor ranges are more kind of, you know, strict with you, know, you can't pull from yep. a holster and holster and things like that. You know, what do you, what do you say to that?
0: Yeah. So, um, the first thing I say is you can get really freaking good by a lot of dry fire. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I have people on the team that, that can't live fire even once a week, right. Mm. It might be every other week and that is totally freaking fine. So we have dry fire, uh, offered four days a week and live fire one mm. once a week. Um, so if you can get to the range every two weeks, every three weeks, I don't care. As long as you can get there and test things out, that's the important thing. But dry firing at home is going to be the most important thing. Now, if you have only have access to an indoor range, for um, – and this just comes with knowing how our sport works. But mm. how the tactical games works isn't – is kind of a pull from different kind of uh, shooting industries. But for a majority of the shot and the shooting we are taking or the firearm shots we are taking – they are usually very slow controlled and accuracy based. So if you can get into an indoor range, that's perfectly fine. Mm. Um, we that help quite a bit. Um we shoot a lot from a barrier. So that's the big thing is you probably can't bring a barrier into the indoor yeah. range. You're like, hey I'm gonna shoot from this VTAC board and this is okay. Like your your yeah. RO is going to probably piss pissed at you. Um, but we shoot from a lot of barriers for pistol and rifle. So if you can get in an indoor range and you can drive higher at home, I'll be honest, like that's freaking 90 percent of it right there you'd be totally fine if you can get out to an outdoor range and move and shoot um and draw and shoot um then yeah that's probably the other 10 percent shoot from a barrier mm-hmm. um but indoor ranging at home you're you're good
1: yeah so you reference you know you you own and kind of operate a couple different you know ventures and businesses other than like i just mentioned grit tactical um you mentioned some programming you do for cross so what are some other things that you, you got your hands
0: in um, yep. Yeah, so, um, my wife and I own a couple, we own a couple rental properties. So we, we mm-hmm. do real estate. Um, I have, uh, sold, I have developed and sold one app that I currently work part time for. So I'm in the mm-hmm. tech space. I helped develop another app. Huh?
1: Fitness based or no?
0: Yes. Yes, fitness, okay, still fitness tech, boost, tech yeah. fitness-based. But, but okay. everything I do is always fitness. It's just fitness. Tied into tech. different yeah. avenues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. Um, the other one, I have helped develop, and I still own a little bit of equity in uh, another uh, tech, fitness-based company. And then I own um, a portion of a nutrition, online nutrition company that does very well. Um, probably a couple other things. Trifecta
1: or No, no, no. no okay, no. So So okay. uh,
0: nutrition coaching, yeah, yeah. Gotcha,
1: yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Cool. So, got your hands um, in a lot, yeah, just, bunch of different pots. Yeah, as many cookie jars, it's called diversify. Yeah. <laughs> diversify I love it. everywhere. So. I love it.
1: Well, you know what? While I got you on that, because we, we discussed it a little bit, is uh, how do you manage all those different things? And we talked about delegating. I guess, you know, it's impossible to obviously be hands on with each of those projects on a daily, weekly basis. I'm sure they vary as far as how much you have to kind of dive into those. But how do you go about? Managing your time, um, family time, balance, work-life balance, all that kind of stuff.
0: So, um, for right now, my wife and I have no kids, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge piece, right? Because as soon as I start having small hypnos running around me, any dog that's going to be, uh, we have a dog, okay. uh, but that that's dog like a half lazy kid. As... <laughs> yeah, it's like a half kid. That dog's a turd. He just lays around. His that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, some of them require more time, some they require less time. Yeah. Um, and so, we're just sitting down, making sure you can give it to both. I, mean, I have absolutely. Overstretch myself in certain areas and that's a learning mm. process of being like, okay, well, this is, I'm stretched too thin. I got to bring some of this back. Mm. Um, and that's happened quite a few times. Um, but you know, for, for me, I'll be honest, the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up, you know, go to the bathroom, drink some water, put up a thing of coffee and I pull out a sheet of paper and I write down my to-do list for the day. And yeah. that's the things I'm doing that day. Uh, and it, on that to-do list also has working out and shooting and doing other things. It has everything I need to do for that day on that paper. My wife is also an entrepreneur and Mm. owns uh, franchises and operates a couple different franchises. Um, And so her and I are um, very independent and driven. And so Mm. we spend time with each other. And but uh, we are are, we're workaholics to a degree.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) get that. I get that. I love it. So you mentioned it earlier, uh, the whole boxing thing, right? So a little bit over a year ago, you boss boxed Josh Bridges. What do you take away, you know, from that experience? A year post from that, you know, event. What do you take away from that? And uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that whole ordeal?
0: Yeah. So, um, easily, without a doubt, it is. Uh, it was. How this? The biggest boxing, going out there and learning to box, and stepping into a ring and boxing in front of thousands of people mm. after six months of training and doing it was easily the biggest learning moment uh and coolest moment in my life bar none compared to anything i've ever learned in crossfit or anything i've ever done in crossfit it was the coolest thing and i did in six months or seven months whatever the hell it was um and that's because like you stepped so far out of your comfort zone this wasn't like oh i'm gonna do a spartan race well spartan has running and yeah. spartan has obstacles which i can do that for crossing my mm. heart like this was like Hey, Jacob, have you ever um, done a combat sport? No. Have you ever done a one-on-one sport? No. Have you ever boxed? No. Have you ever been hit in the face? No. So, like, it just went on and on for things that was completely out of my comfort zone. Bunch of firsts, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, But the learning, when you get done, you you go out there and you're just nervous as hell. But when you get done and you sit back months later and you think to yourself, what have I learned from this experience? And after Action Report, you realize, man, I have grown and learned so much from this event. Like, you know, would I do it again? No. But did I learn a lot from it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just be, the ability to step out outside your zone so far and try something that's not even remotely close to what you're good at. Yeah. So
1: so, yeah. so you're not putting up that uh, 1-0 record against anybody?
0: Hell no. I will admit I have told my wife a few times and the people I train with. That's probably a that price. Yeah. Do... <laughs> That I yeah I mean that that's also true. Yeah. But I I, I I do miss putting a bag up in the barn and, and yeah. working on the bag and working with the coach and that was an enjoyable skill to, and a and a valuable skill yeah. to learn. Um, that I would wish I could actually bring back. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it was fun.
1: Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Well, I appreciate uh, you taking the time. And where can people find you and all your different businesses and things like that?
0: Oh, gosh, you can just Google me. I pop up on there Google, you go. the first page. Yeah, oh, that, well, that's a
1: blessing and a curse. I feel like I'm, I'm the same way, too. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always you know good stuff for the most part, but uh, makes it easy, right? Just Google the yeah, name Jacob Yeah, you can just Hepner.
0: Google me. I'll, I'll pop up all over the place. There you go. Cool.
1: Well, I appreciate it again, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.